Welcome back to the Final Roar, a Carolina Panthers podcast. It's Jared Feinberg of Blue Chip Scouting and Cat Crate Blog, and I am your host for today's episode and many, many other episodes to come. It's good to be back. I know, I, I, I know. I haven't posted an episode lately of the Final Roar. I've had crazy stuff going on in terms of work. I, I do have a job outside of the draft stuff I usually I usually do right now. Also been out of town. I was in Atlanta to see some family. And also I'm trying to enjoy as much of the summer as I can because I I won't have that luxury much longer. Probably from a month from now, I'll be starting up my senior year of college, which is crazy. I'm going to be a senior. And you may not realize I'm that old or that young. I know some people think, oh, you're probably like 30 years old. No, 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 no. I'm a college kid. I, I, I got ways to go, man. I got ways to go. But it's good to be back. It's good to be talking about the Panthers post Baker Mayfield and or I mean post Baker Mayfield trade not post Baker Mayfield's career in Carolina whenever that is but it's good to be back good to be talking about other than Baker Mayfield we have Madden ratings coming out I'll be talking about the Madden ratings for the Carolina Panthers uh probably in a different episode maybe the next episode when the full ratings come out uh, we'll be talking about which ratings I like more, which or who I think should have a higher rating, who I think should have a lower rating, yada, yada, yada. It'll be a, probably a shorter podcast, to be honest with you. I'm not really sure yet, but it, it'll be one that I'm looking forward to. Uh, today's episode, finally, finally going to be talking about Matt Corral. And here, here's a funny thing. The guy that I was able to interview... For this episode of the final roar, I had interviewed him for kind of like a mock-up run of the final roar, and this was during my podcasting class in May, which helped me develop my skills in terms of podcasting, editing, what have you. And as part of the project, I had to do like a, maybe a fifteen-minute episode of what I wanted to do for a podcast. So. I end up interviewing the great, wonderful, amazing, talented Mark Schofield of the Touchdown Wire on a quarterback that we all know very well at this point, Matt Corral, quarterback out of Ole Miss, third-round pick from April's draft. It's a player that, you know, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to his development. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how well he does in training camp. He's probably not going to start. But we'll talk more about Corral after this interview. This interview was done back in May. This was well before Baker Mayfield getting traded. And also, you know, Mark mentioned in this interview, want to go ahead and mention that he mentioned, you know, whoever the starting quarterback was going to be for week one, whether that was going to be Cam Newton or Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, what have you. So, just want to give you guys a heads up of what to expect for this interview. It was done in May. Just be aware that not everything's up to date. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so, not everything's up to date with this interview. 
you know, I was hoping to do this interview very early on as one of the first couple of episodes. And then, of course, you know, the Baker Mayfield trade happens and all the stuff went down. So now we're doing the Macaral episode now. But after the interview, you'll hear my analysis on what's going to happen with Macaral now that Baker Mayfield's on the team. What's going to happen to him now? So. I want you guys to give this interview a listen. This is me, Jared Feinberg, and Mark Schofield of the Touchdown Wire talking about Matt Corral. I hope you guys enjoy. Joining me now is a wonderful human being and the Touchdown Wire's Mark Schofield. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, my man. Oh, Jared, thanks for having me. But, I mean, wonderful human being. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I try to be a good guy. I don't know about yeah. wonderful human being, but it, it's great to be back with you. Good to get a chance to catch up before the show and everything. And we're excited to talk with you. Yeah, man. I, I'm I'm looking forward to this conversation that we're going to have here today on the podcast. I want to get right into the conversation today on Panthers rookie quarterback, Matt Corral. Tell me a little bit about, or just tell the audience who may not know who this guy is what he offers as a player coming into the NFL. You know, in, in some ways, Jared, I, I think Matt Corral is kind of part of the next sort of evolution of the quarterback position where there is an emphasis on athleticism at the position. There's an emphasis on what you can do as an athlete in addition to what you can do as a passer and also sort of that nod to using the quarterback schematically to try to get defenses out of too high. And so I, I think he – offers that what's fascinating about Matt Corral and his evaluation process. This is specifically to the evaluation and not the two players, but his evaluation in many ways was reminiscent of the Justin Herbert evaluation, at least in my mind, because when you remember when Herbert was coming out, there were a lot of questions about the offense at Oregon, how they used him. And it was hard to see moments where, yeah, that's an NFL read and throw from the pocket, or that's a layered throw over the middle, or that's something he'll be asked to do on Sundays and the quarterbacks are asked to do on Sundays and Justin Herbert can do it at a high level. You had to really look to find those. When you did, you saw a pretty good quarterback, but because of the fact that like 85% of his offense was bubbles and tunnels and, you know, design throws to the boundary and they didn't ask him to do a lot. There were reservations about Justin Herbert. And then you look at Matt Corral. A lot of bubbles, a lot of screens, a lot of, you know, Lane Kiffin loves that orbit concept of the orbit screen route and the deep out route where you get the high low on that curl flat defender. They'll run that over and over and over again. And, you know, Matt Corral can run it extremely well. But an NFL defensive coordinator is going to have ways to slow that down after a couple of of reps of it, let alone a couple of weeks of it. And so can Matt Corral do NFL-type things? If you look deep into his film, you can find some examples of it. I mean, one of my favorite plays was a play of his from the Egg Bowl where you've got that orbit out concept, and then he comes back and he's got two in-breakers and then back to the flat on the left side, and he goes one, two, three, four, five, works through a five-field progression read, full-field progression read, right sideline to left sideline, gets to his check down, and as he's doing it, you see the eyes, the shoulders, and the feet are just one, two, three, four, five, all in rhythm keeping his eyes and his feet and his mind tied together, which is tough to do. I mean, you know, coaching quarterbacks, it's, you know, the hardest thing to do is to get them to tie their eyes and their feet, particularly at a young age, the age group that I coach in. It's tough. But to see a quarterback who's 
looked at as somebody that's more raw and needs development is going to face a big leap. He has a good foundation for it. It's just the question is, will it look like Justin Herbert where now he's finally in an NFL offense and he's sort of let loose. They take the sort of training wheels off and he looks like an NFL quarterback from jump, or is it going to take some time? Right. I think that's the big question. I think the fact that he fell to where he did makes me think that most NFL quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators think it's going to take some time. I mean, I, I, I remember last draft cycle talking to Dan Hatman about Davis Mills. Dan Hatman runs the scouting academies, been an NFL scout with the Eagles and the Giants. He's got a Super Bowl ring. And we were talking, we were watching Davis Mills along with Matt Waldman. And there were some things we were talking about. And he said, look, a lot of times a general manager will walk into his offensive coordinator's office or even his quarterback coach's office and say, look, okay, Davis Mills, can you fix him? And if they say yes, then you'll draft him. Similar conversations probably probably played out with Matt Corral. Can you take these snippets, these moments, these little flashes of NFL stuff and get him to an NFL level on a consistent basis? Can you do that? Carolina Panthers must think they can. <laughs> One last question, Mark. And again, thank you so much for coming on. What are your expectations for Matt Corral in year one, considering the Panthers' current quarterback position? And is there a possibility that he may start week one against the Browns? Is that a possibility, considering the situation at quarterback? I mean, it's a possibility, Jared. I mean, if Matt Corral comes in and shows that he's at least on par with Sam Darnold, I think you start him. You know, I think it's a situation where if it's even, there's no point in running Sam Darnold back out there. You already know what you've got. It, it, or if even Matt Corral is close, I, I think you start him. I mean, you can see over my shoulder, I got Patriots stuff. I'm a Patriots guy. And I, I'm, this time last year was, yeah, well, they drafted Mac Jones at 15. But they've got Cam. They can take some time. They realize that, look, the, it's close. So what's the point in running Cam Newton out there? Let's let's throw the rookie out there and let him get some on-the-job training. Because, you know, and I've, I've evolved on this. I used to be firmly of the mind that, like, you can learn by watching. And I still think you can learn some aspects to playing quarterback, even at the NFL, by watching. But nothing re replicates doing it. You know, nothing replicates getting under center, reading the defense from that alignment, working through your progressions. When you've got NFL got linebackers and defensive linemen coming after you, making a read and a throw and then doing it again and doing it again. And so I think if it's close, they're going to start Matt Corral. My, my own expectations are, you know, maybe Halloween. You know, I always like to think of like Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas as like the main NFL, like sort of calendar dates. And I think Halloween is probably about the time you'd see him, right? Because you've got that Browns game. I don't know if you run him out there. Now, if Donald struggles week one, starting them against the Giants week two, even though it's on the road, that could mm -hmm. make some sense. You know, but then you've got New Orleans, you've got Arizona, you've got the Niners, you get the Rams, you get the Bucks. That's a tough little stretch. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and then I see, okay, you've got the Panthers on the road. And the, I mean, excuse me. Yeah. The, the Falcons on the road and the Bengals on the road. And then the Falcons again, that might be a good little three game stretch to get them in there because you've got, you know, a common opponent in two of those games and a, a team in Atlanta that we also think is sort of rebuilding. And yes, you've got the defending AFC champions, but you know, you're going to have to play some tough games if you're going to get into the lineup. I think that sort of, and that first game, that first game against Atlanta, that's on the 30th of mm -hmm. October. That might be a good stretch to sort of get him in. So, you know, in terms of should he play right away, I think as soon as he's close, you put him out there. 
and you get him that NFL experience. I also think that if he's doing himself harm, I'm also of the mindset that you you play a rookie, but if he's making a ton of mistakes and you're down 45 nothing, and he's spiraling out of control and he's throwing three picks and you're afraid he's going to throw a fourth and he's causing himself a little bit of harm from a mental standpoint, from a execution standpoint, then you sit him down. You, you sit him down. You know, Drew Brees, he was sat down a lot by Marty Schottenheimer. Mm-hmm. You know, and Schottenheimer, there was a great moment on NFL films, you know, you know, Football Life with Marty Schottenheimer where Brees talked about, you know, if I was struggling, he would sit me down. If we were getting blown out, he would sit me down. And he would tell me, like, look, if it's a one-score game, you're out there. You're our guy. But if we're getting blown out and you're causing yourself some harm, we got to sit you down so we don't get bad habits that develop. I think, you know, they would be – Matt Rule, Coach McAdoo would be smart that if Matt Corral sees the field next year and you're suddenly losing to Cincinnati 45 nothing midway through the third quarter, you sit him down. Mark – Thank you so much for coming on for this interview. I really do appreciate it and look forward to having more conversations with you in the future. Absolutely, Jared. Thank you so much for having me, my friend. Absolutely. I hope you guys enjoyed my interview with the great Mark Schofield. I once again want to thank Mark Schofield for coming onto this podcast for a quick interview on Matt Corral. So here's the bottom line right now at the moment Matt Corral needs to sit and learn behind Mayfield and Ben McAdoo there is in my opinion and this has been discussed by Panther fans on my Twitter timeline plenty of times I've discussed this with even Mark and as well as my colleagues at Blue Chip Scouting there is a steep transition for Corral because you're coming from a link from Lane Kiffin's offense that didn't offer a lot of full field progressions and the language of an NFL offense and the responsibilities in that offense will take time to fully grasp. Plus, from a body of work standpoint, he has issues putting the ball in harm's way. We've seen that the last couple of years. Sure, his interception total wasn't. I mean, he didn't have. He had a low interception total last season. However, he did put the ball in harm's way on film as the season went on. We've seen the multiple, the five plus interception games from his. I believe it was his redshirt sophomore year, if I'm not mistaken. So, we've seen him turn the ball over. He needs to learn how to not play hero ball. And Mark even discussed this as well. Like, he, Corral does have this steep transition. And trading for Baker Mayfield might be the best thing for Corral. Whether he's going to be on the team or not. And that's the thing. There is no guarantee Mac Rowe is even on the roster within within the next couple of years or so. Because there's this possibility that Baker Mayfield could potentially be the guy at quarterback for years to come. There is that possibility. And I know Panther fans are probably going to call me crazy for that. But it's true. 
We we have seen what Baker Mayfield can be as a quarterback. We saw his rookie year, and we saw it in 2020 when he led the Browns to the playoffs. You give him good weapons around him. You give him an offensive line that can at least give him somewhat favorable protection in the pocket. And now, of course, Carolina's offensive line is worse than it is worse than Cleveland's, but at the same time, Carolina's offensive line will be better than it was last year. I, I hope. But with Baker, I think Carolina, it, even though Scott Fitter has said that this is more of a short-term move, it could end up being a long-term move down the road, especially if Baker Mayfield ends up playing really well this season. And if that's the case, you'll see the franchise tag placed on him this coming this coming offseason this next offseason or you'll see a contract extension it may feel into playing that well but of course the thing with baker is consistency now let's get back to matt corral corral i think this is a good time i think of course the preseason and training camp will be the opportunities he will have prove himself that hey I have a future in this league I have a future as a starter maybe even a high level starter in this league could it be for Carolina we don't know could it be for a different team we don't know there's always that possibility that of course if Baker plays well gets a contract extension or is on the franchise tag next year Matt Corral's career he won't be starting until at least 2024 he might not even be on the team in 2024. There, there's so many possibilities. So many possibilities. I'm not saying Corral isn't the future. That's I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying the Baker Mayfield trade or acquisition changes things and could change the development of Matt Corral. We don't know what's going to happen this season. We don't know what the season holds for the Carolina Panthers and Baker Mayfield and Matt Corral. The Panthers could still draft a quarterback in 2023. They could draft one of C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson if he's able to show, hey, I have the tools and the traits to be a starting end of a quarterback Maybe Tanner McGee, if he's the guy, if he ends up coming out of nowhere. I mean, you got plenty of guys in next year's draft that could end up having a Joe Burrow type of rise, a Kenny Pickett type of rise, a Zach Wilson type of rise. So you know, there's so many possibilities with how Matt Corral's career in the short term could look like. And what I mean by the short term, I mean probably probably the next year next one to three years you know and like I said earlier there's there's a lot of uncertainty and unknown with the future of the quarterback position even post Baker Mayfield trade now would Matt Corral be a good long term option absolutely absolutely Scott Fitter has mentioned before that Matt Corral is more of a long-term thinking in terms of when he'll be able to start. 
Will he ever start? Don't know. We have no idea. History hasn't exactly bowed well for third-round quarterbacks. Could Matt Corral change that? Let's hope. No guarantees. But, you know, keep in mind what Mark said. Keep in mind what I'm saying as well. There's no guarantees that Baker Mayfield is either good or bad. There's no guarantees Matt Corral is going to start a game this year or he's ever going to start a game. Or he's even going to be the future of this team. Or he's even going to be on the roster in a couple years. If Carolina's looking to acquire more draft assets, they could trade Matt Corral down the road. If Corral has impressed enough in training camp, in preseason, and, and God forbid, in place for injury... He impresses, then, you know, there's going to be a lot of tough decisions down the road. Whatever happens this season. A lot. So basically, Matt Corral's future lies on whatever happens with Baker Mayfield this season. <laughs> I mean, that that's kind of that's the bottom line. Whatever happens with Baker Mayfield this season, we'll kind of see what happens with, we'll kind of, give an idea of what will happen with Mackerel. Again, there's so much unknown. There really is. And I, I, I do hope that there will be a time where we see Mackerel leading the Carolina Panthers, hopefully, to the Super Bowl. Is that realistically going to happen? I doubt it. Could Baker Mayfield lead I think it's more likely Baker Mayfield leads the Carolina Panthers to a Super Bowl than it is Matt Corral. So, there's that. You know, I I heed caution, especially with the 2021 or 2022 quarterback class. There's a lot of unproven guys, Corral included. Raw guys, they will need development. They may need a couple years to develop. Here's the thing. Here's a scenario that I think could be favorable for both the Panthers and Corral. Baker Mayfield does well this year. He gets on the he gets the franchise tag, plays on the franchise tag, but struggles the next season. In 2023 towards the end of the season, then you'll see Matt Corral. But at that point, could be a lot of changes made, especially to the roster. They could tear down the whole roster. I mean, guys, there is so much we don't know going forward, and it's so hard to really project what Corral will be in a couple of years because we have to wait and see what Baker Mayfield will do with the Carolina Panthers. So, you know, that that's that's really about it, honestly. Like, I kind of wanted to say what I wanted to say after this interview. Mark gave you guys some really good information, probably better information I would ever give because Mark has played quarterback before. He played quarterback in college, I believe. Um, and also, Mark is a tremendous guy. If you ever want to hit him up for his take on the quarterback prospects for the upcoming draft or about the Carolina's quarterback situation right now, always hitting them up. 
you can always DM him, send him a tweet. Hey, what do you think about Baker? Yada yada yada. I talk to him almost every week, or at least once or twice every other week. So he's a good dude, Mark Schofield. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter. Uh, make sure you keep up with his content. He does an amazing job over there at the Touchdown Wire. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next time with some takes and some analysis on the Panthers Madden 23 roster. I know fans are probably like, we don't really care about Madden 23 players and their ratings, yada, yada. But look, it's content. We're, we're going to get on with it, okay? It's no biggie. Let's let's talk about it. All right. You guys take care. Peace and keep pounding.